Hi everybody, welcome to episode 25 of Outspoken. Um, I'm your host, Justin White, and before I talk to my guest, or even talk about talking to my guest, um, I wanted to uh, talk about some other stuff. So um, yeah, I, I a big part of this show for me and sort of my part of my mission in doing it is uh, to be open and honest and and encourage others to do that to do the same and um it's really important to me in my life in my regular life to to tell the truth and to represent myself as i you know as as truly as i can um i'm sure i've got a ways to go i know that i do and uh i'm sure over the course of uh me you know talking about stuff more will be revealed more more work that i will have to do but um at any rate for me uh honesty is a big deal and um i there's one big secret that i've been keeping but the reason i've been keeping it is for the for the sake of the privacy of another person and um so i'd still want to respect that privacy and i don't i'm not going to uh give any kind of details of any kind but um i do want to reveal now that I have a daughter and um, part of the reason I want to talk about that is because uh, lots of stuff happens in my life that is related directly to the fact that I'm a parent and uh, it has a big impact on my decisions and my thought processes and uh, pretty much everything in every waking moment. since the day she was born and um she's in high school now and uh another reason i want to be able to talk about things you know related to her is that because is is that because uh there are things like major things that happen uh for instance there was a gun that went off in her school a few weeks ago and uh you know we live in san francisco it's like it's got some of the strictest gun laws in the state i believe and this has the strictest state laws in the country or among them so the fact that guns are so readily available that a freshman 14 year old can bring one a loaded gun in the first week of school and uh so it's terrifying it's like you know everybody by now in america knows that this shit happens it's happening so regularly now that uh, we really are, we're all just becoming accustomed to it. And it's quite disturbing. And uh, I can even see it in myself as a parent of, you know, a child that I love more than anything on earth. Um, I can feel this like, you know, with the distance from the event, there is, uh, you know, there's a lack of, uh, it it it, it goes, comes further out of focus because other things replace it and uh and i think that is the case with so much of what we experience in our lives is that you know yeah there's there's turmoil and tragedy and uh all kinds of struggles to overcome and all the while we're supposed to put on a happy face and go about our business and do the things that we're expected to do and be responsible for other people and for our work and uh you know it's a lot so that's uh i think it's important to unload the burdens that we carry 
and um, I'm I've been in a lifelong process of of trying to do that. I'm very bad at it uh, apparently because I tend to hold on to things uh, for a long, long time. And uh, but they're still r- real for me. It still exists for me in the present. So that's I don't know. I'm trying to change the physiology of my brain and get back to a place where I can, you know, be a little more carefree again. But um, that uh, that's hard, and it's hard. Uh, that's it's hard when you're a parent. That's for sure. Um, so anyway, I thought it's important information to put out there because it's probably, you know, it may have some bearing on the weight of my ideas and the things I say. You know, the fact that I'm saying them as a parent or with, you know, someone with some knowledge of what it takes to raise a child. Uh, it may, I don't know, perhaps perhaps it has more, uh, it carries more weight or I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it carries less. Who knows? Anyway, uh, that's out there. And uh, it's, you know, it's also important because a lot of my guests have children and I'd like to talk to them about it. Um including my guest today, who is a new father and talks a bit about the unbelievable joy that one feels at the birth of their child. And uh, I certainly could relate and would have delved in a bit more had uh, had I not been concealing this detail. So anyway, that's out. Cat's out of the bag, with her permission, by the way. Um, and so my friend Josh, new friend, we just met and first time we ever talked we just talked about some cool stuff we got pretty deep and um he has a a sort of life philosophy or methodology that he's created and uh it's in the developmental stages but we talked quite a bit about it and uh let him do the explaining um just as soon as we get through this creaky ass gate which we will never open again Do you want to start talking about the triangle? You ha- you have a sure. You've created something. I have created something. Okay, it's uh, an idea, uh-huh. and I think it's a good idea. But I think all of my ideas are good, <laughs> and some of them turn out to be not good. But this is interesting. Okay. Um, so this one interestingly centers around toxic masculinity, and there's, in my view that is the driver of many of the problems that our society has. Mm-hmm. And so um, how do you combat that? Well, it's up to the men who are part of the cohort that is committing this sort of toxic masculinity. Maybe I should define toxic masculinity yeah, as I see it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's kind of this, you know, type A idea of what all American men should be. And this is somebody who um, is strong and uses violence to solve their problems and is a in competition for jobs and women right. and everything is a race. It's all know? about a conquest. Yeah. Winning. And I feel like I, in my late teens and through college, like was tangentially part of that. Okay. And even took part in some of the rituals okay. for lack of a better word. So when you say tangentially, you mean like other people were doing it that you were yeah, I mean, associated I a, with <clears throat> and you sort of would get pulled in yeah. and 
sort of participate or be be a witness to things that you yeah. were not... I mean, I was in a fraternity in okay. a mostly white, affluent liberal arts school in the middle of Indiana. Oh, yeah. That's, that would, that's, <laughs> that would do it. Some, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, that experience was, you know, very hyper-focused on drinking and conquests with women. Of course. Um, I was really only, only good at one of those, uh-huh. um, the drinking part. Okay. And... But interestingly enough, like, I always kind of felt when there was something wrong that was happening, but could never said anything, you uh-huh. know, the sort of the group atmosphere kind of prevents people from saying, this is fucked up. Right. Um, and what, so what do you think would happen if you, if you had spoken up? I don't know, because I remember the people who did speak up were treated pretty unfairly mm-hmm. and I would have to sort of, I wouldn't, not to say that I didn't have the courage to speak up. I didn't have the like confidence that I wouldn't, I would like lose, I wouldn't lose all my friends type right. of thing. Right. And so I think in that environment, it sort of said, okay, it kind of set my values to be one where the most important thing for me was Friday and Saturday night. Right. And when you're in your twenties that, you know, Maybe to, maybe even people not to say it's an age thing, right? Like Friday and Saturday night could be fun, but there was nothing more important than that, you know, At that ritual, age, right? Yeah, and all other pursuits, academic, health, just right. fell by the way. Secondary, yeah. yeah. And I so I ended up graduating college, two hundred eighty pounds, not feeling very good about myself, uh-huh. and kind of went through the 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 rest of my twenties and into my early thirties with a similar mindset, but sort of starting to pick up different different things from where I was. Okay. And one thing that always was really interesting about this toxic masculinity thing is the more that I uncovered my own relationship with it, the better relationship with my father I had. Oh, cool. So when I had a bad relationship with my father, it's because I was embracing more toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Cause it turns out my dad's an awesome guy. Okay. Um, and so anyway, so there's a long sort of history that, 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 you know, Breeds into this triangle thing that you right. made me here. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, and it started with the concept of vulnerability. Okay. Um, you ever read Brene Brown or familiar with her at all? No, I don't think so. So she did this interesting YouTube video on vulnerability and shame. Okay. And it really is this basic exposure of the fact that those who have a full and open heart or open hearted are vulnerable in that they don't have regrets. They get things off their chest. They are comfortable communicating and it helps them cope with all the bad things that are happening in their life. Okay. And for your listeners, I, I don't know if that's verbatim what her speech was. It's probably not, but that's kind of that how sums I, it up. Yeah. That's how I took it to be. Okay. And does that mean a person who has an open heart, meaning they actively, work to to stay open or rather than someone who maybe wants to be open-hearted but struggles because of whatever you know insecurities or reservations or you know what i mean like there are a lot of very kind-hearted people that want that want to be to to have that connection with other people but don't know how yeah but but this sounds like something you're saying well it's it's kind of like that it's because everybody has insecurities right? right what is it like that everybody's fighting a battle that you can't see yeah and when you walk down the street, everyone's judging each other for the way they look, but they're also all hiding something inside. Yep. It's this tremendous like 
symphony of awful, right? Yeah. <laughs> but really, that's the human condition. Right. And that something, whatever it is, or it could be multiple somethings, in order to, fee- to not feel bad about yourself, you need to express those to people. Mm, okay. You need to be able to tell people, I'm feeling this. Right. And on the receiving end of that, they need to say, I, li- I hear you. Thank you. I love you. You know, to some degree, or I still care for you, or that doesn't make you a bad person, or whatever that response is, because then, because people just want to feel this concept of normal. Yeah. But turns out there is no normal. Well, they want to, yeah, they want to be okay in the world, right? They want to be secure. Yeah. And I guess normal, the mainstream, if you call that normal, is what people aim for because they can blend in, right? Yep. And Uh, you can hide and you can hide in a mask and, yeah. And, and so for me, vulnerability, and this was probably about six years ago that I discovered this, almost exactly six years ago, that it turns out that that is the most powerful thing that ever happened to me. When you and become vulnerable. When I just said, here I am, this is what's happening in my life. All of a sudden, and I'm very fortunate and very privileged and you know had all these awesome opportunities, um, things at that moment just all started happening for me mm. in my mind. And, and my mind sort of went under the shift and it was weird. I, I talk about feeling like I could like shoot flames out of my fingers. You felt like a, a tangible yeah. power. And I still feel that sometimes when I do yoga or other stuff. But for me, it was just like, nope, this is who I am. And people liked me just for that. Cool. And that turns out that that was the key to like my own happiness. Yeah. So I thought if it could happen to me, it could happen to anybody. Uh-huh. So one of the, the concepts of the triangle is vulnerability. And that's what sort of dri- drove this thing of saying, I've had for a long time, I've been given away these slap bracelets. Okay. And on it is a thing that says vulnerability. Nice. And I would take these to Burning Man every year. And I go up to people and ask if you'd like the gift of vulnerability. Uh-huh. And they would say, um, well, yeah, sure. I like gifts, you know, whatever. Right. Okay. Do you trust me not to hurt you? And they're like, okay. Okay. Close your eyes. Stick out your right arm. Make a fist. I'm and then I slap them one. Cool. And what's the reaction usually? Usually it's a little shock because the slap bracelet kind of hurts and they're not expecting anything. Yeah. But then and you, some, just, you just promise not to hurt them. Too. Yeah. And, and so then, they trusted me. Right. And that little exercise is a lesson, a mini lesson in vulnerability. Right. That at each point in your life where you feel like you want to make a change, like you have to take a risk Mm -hmm. and you have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to trust somebody because if you don't, then your world gets real small. Yeah. Um, And you will trust people that will hurt you. You know, you will take a chance that will fail. Right. But if you never take that chance, there's no way you're ever going to know. Right. Um, so you have to be vulnerable. You have to be open to risk, which is a type of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You have to be emotionally open, open-hearted, right? Yep. Risk a possible failure or maybe humiliation yeah. or, or, or maybe less or right. I'm just, I mean, I don't want to put words in. Well, I don't, in, I don't, I think that if it's weird because different people are along different parts of the spectrum of this. Right. And some have had moments, flashes of vulnerability. I feel like I had a full fledged, you know, vulnerability, like rebuilding of my life. Okay. And for a lot of people like that's not possible or that couldn't happen, but it can happen in little ways too. Yeah. 
Um, and part of the thing, kind of how we met was just like at a little like relaxing party. It was just like a conversation that like went deep quickly. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. like, and that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's the good stuff. Yeah. I love it. That's, um, that's what I want to get to right away. Yeah. Don't Cause waste like time. I could shoot the shit all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I, we read the same news. Like we talk, you know, but like, well, I, I can't do, I don't find that I can't do that much at all. Like, you can't I, shoot the shit at I, all. I can't do small talk for even a minute. I can't, I just have, I mean, I can, I can fake it, but I know that I'm faking it and that feels uncomfortable. So I just quickly want to get away from that or go deep. I want to go deep with everybody but a lot of people aren't ready or don't, you sure. know, it's, it's terrifying for some to be faced with too much openness because they, they think they might have to reciprocate, you know? Yeah. Like if you go, if you like pour your guts out in front of somebody, they're like, oh shit, do I have to do that too? Right. And, uh, so, but that's always my preference. I'd rather know about you, the person than your status or your, sure. what, what you wear, or what you do, you know, mo- mo- I don't ask people what they do for work usually until much later, if, if at all, unless it's something they really love doing. And then yeah. it usually they, I already know about it. Right. You know? Cause they've said that as part of Cause like thing. I do this and it's great. And yeah. So, yeah. But I, okay. So vulnerability, have so we vul- covered that? That's one. That's well, one. yeah. And it's just, it kept for me, it kept coming back to every time I sort of straight, I was like, no vulnerability. And I feel like it definitely lost me some, it lost me a relationship. It lost me a bunch of friends, but what it gained was this renewed sense of who I am. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. Can you talk about how it, why it lost you those other relationships? Cause I think I was honest with myself and with those people and, um, yeah, I lost a, I left a uh, relationship about six years ago. And then like six months later, I kind of lost a good friend where I felt like I was making an effort and to be friends and it wasn't reciprocated mm-hmm. and it didn't feel, it felt a little toxic, the relationship. Okay. And I was okay with letting it go. Mm-hmm. And it male, was a male friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, sometimes you know, it, it has to happen. It it became it became kind of okay. I'm disappointed. I mean, you know, I, I feel bad because of that, but I don't feel bad for what I've done. And that's I think all if, the difference, isn't it? Right. And if you can go through your life and and make those decisions and stand up for yourself in those decisions, I think people can eliminate those types of people not entirely from their lives, but you know, if they play a large role and, and in the workplace, I think it's tremendously difficult to be more, to, to be open because there's so many minefields there, right? There's so many things with respect to HR and norms and, and that, that it makes it really tough to have that, you know, sort of open heart. Yeah. Um, I've never worked in that specific environment, but I've had plenty of jobs where open hearts were not welcome. (laughs) They would have been stepped on and laughed at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which might be why I work with dogs now. <laughs> right. They're not going to. They won't hurt me. They won't. Not, not on purpose. Yeah. And they're open all the time. That's what's pretty amazing. That's why dogs are so amazing. Yeah. Is it's just like, here I am. Yeah. All I want to do is be. Yeah. I'm real. Check it out. I'm yeah. doing, doing my thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty refreshing. Yeah. Um, okay. So. So the idea with the triangle again, it's like 
Trump obviously caused me to say, I want to do something. Mm -hmm. I have a brand new baby. What can I do? Mm. And the answer is not necessarily go out and protest. The answer is to try to think about and educate yourself more on this subject so that a, some people told me the best thing you can do is, you know, raise your son well, mm-hmm. you know, and have him not be an asshole. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. It's a good start. That's <laughs> a good start, sure. right? Uh, the second thing is, as a cisgendered, you know, white male of privilege, I have to be able to offer something. I think that's a pretty good good stance to take. And I you. have to be able to, I could be a, you know, the inside man, you know, here. Yeah. Because... I'm now, I have this corporate real estate job. I'm in different, you know, I'm in these environments and I find myself more and more in the position of seeing toxic masculinity and sort of the, the, the system keep various people down Mm -hmm. and the snide comments and this and that. And I find that it's easier and easier to point those out in a way which doesn't make me feel like, I'm the wussy. Like you're going to get singled out. Yeah. Like in the frat days. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's more like, you know, hey, we shouldn't shouldn't call her that. Yeah. That's not a good thing to say. And then usually other people will support you once yeah. once you've spoken up. Yeah. It's like, okay, sorry. But, but like, it takes they, somebody. It takes to someone it. to say it. Yeah. And you can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, you can't have, um, you can't have that behavior just happen in front of you and, and not, not do anything, anything about it. Yeah. Concept the triangle. We're going to talk about the triangle the whole time. It's just going to be. It might might be. There's a lot to. There's a lot to cover. (laughs) So the idea is you have three men, and you have at least three men, and so you you get in a circle and you each take three breaths, and then each of you gives a statement of vulnerability, a statement of empathy, and a statement of commitment, and that can be however you discern it. So vulnerability can say, you know what, I, I ate ice cream this week. And I'm not supposed to eat ice cream mm-hmm. or I was uh, abused as a child. You know, an yeah. example it could be anything that's just something that's in your heart that you want to share. Okay. And the empathy part is, is a support part to say, I feel you, you know, thank you for sharing. It's really, you know, val- validating that statement right. uh, that somebody else made and supporting them. Um, and then the third thing is a statement of commitment because oftentimes we make commitments to ourselves that we don't follow through. 
Yeah. But in a, if you commit to someone else, you're more likely to do it. I think you're right. Yeah. And because someone might hold you to it and say, hey, man, how's that thing you were committed to, you know, right. a couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Like, I did this. You know, it's like you need that extra support. And that's also why the third person is necessary, right? Yeah. So they can say, like, hey, remember when mm-hmm. you said this and yeah. you know, two and witnesses? I, and I think you could do it with more. Um, I, I think you really could because. I, I've been in a couple of like men's circles mm-hmm. and men's groups and they're really great if they're everyone goes into it with the same um, sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. I, I should say that before you know, the triangle, the thing about the triangle is that it's not necessarily explicitly meant to open up. It's just meant to be surface level just to get people familiar with those concepts okay. in order to drive future conversations. Right. So that rather than talking about the, the, the football game, you might talk about how you feel about something that happened to you at work. Right. And instead of, you know, talking to you know, your partner about all your problems, you turn to your male friends right. and talk about your problems because yep. they have perspectives that are more like yours right. than your, your wife, it's as true. for example. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, and everybody is mulling over the same stuff behind the scenes and acting like they're not, you mm-hmm. know, acting like it's all cool. And, you know, when you get together, at least in that like, scenario where it's dudes being mm-hmm. dude, you know, we got to look, look the part. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to imagine. It seems like you would always need one. You need like a broker. You need somebody. I mean, maybe that's you. I mean, you need somebody who can say like, listen, guys, what if we were to do this instead? Yeah. Like, You need somebody willing to be the vulnerable one first. Sure. To, and that's to, how it spreads. Yeah. Is you take it and that's uh, it, it, the more people that are in it then someone can say, hey, this was really cool. I'm going to my two friends at work or my other two friends like I'm going to do this with them. Yeah. And I want I mean, I want it to be viral. I want this to solve the world. I think yeah. this, you know, this this just like anything, if it if it if it gets enough of a enough people thinking in that way, then maybe decisions get made that and and support gets given to avoid all the terrible things that are a result of toxic masculinity, right. violence, um, violence against women, um, alcohol, yeah. drug abuse, um, everything. Most things. Yeah. <laughs> most, most things. Most every, most every bad thing is yeah. coming at the hands of a man, man in power. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so you, your vision with this is to actually lead groups or to like bring it to, how, how do you envision it playing out? Like how, how do you, I, I, I understand that just in talking about it, you're going to get some traction and you'll get people yeah. thinking and that's, that's definitely the beginning of a movement. Yeah. I think there's, there's a, there's an element of, of writing something about it. There's mm-hmm. an element of a video. There's an element of using social media to promote it. I don't know what that is yet. Yeah. I'm just wondering, and I, you know, I want, it's obviously, I think easy, easy in quotes, easy to start in San Francisco here in the Bay area. Right. I want to see it start elsewhere. Right. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to go back to my college friends and sit around and say, let's not joke about this. Let's like talk. Tell mm-hmm. me what's up about this. What do you think would happen? Or have you tried it? Um, I think I've tried it in different ways. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, because of, I think, who I used to be. They're kind of just, ah, oh, Buckstein, he's joking. He's screwing mm-hmm. around. Okay. So, you know, this is this is his new hippy-dippy thing. Whatever. Okay. okay, cool. I'll indulge him for a little bit, but I'm not going to, you know, 
shift everything and yeah. you can't expect people to like change their whole lives for one thing no especially if they don't see you all the time and it's just like a, yeah. you know you just come back for a visit and they see <clears throat> this like different person they're not they're not quite prepared to yeah take it all in yeah but i don't know i think so many people have the same so that so the idea is that you do it you find the i found the two parts where i was most susceptible to all of this all the or feeling the most sort of vulnerable in like, I don't know what's going on since mm -hmm. was when I was an adolescent and when I was a new father oh. and adolescents are obviously worth the focus because they are boys becoming men, mm -hmm. but new fathers are, are, are handed a, you know, six pound lump of right. crying mess. Right. And by their exhausted partners, sorry, new heterosexual fathers, I say partner. Right. And, and all of a sudden they haven't had the luxury of the hormones for the last 40 weeks. And here they are and they're like, okay, this is yours. And all of a sudden it's like, my life has changed now. Yeah. I'm no longer the most important thing. This is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. How can I make sure this thing survives? And that feeling is like nothing I've ever felt. It's a love that's so different than everything else. Yep. And I wanted to bottle that and say, okay, men with children, you can have that and you can have everything else if you focus on being present and focus on all the things that you need to do to be a good husband and father. And that means being a good man. that it is it just kind of is always there because i feel like i was and i feel like i hated myself you were wrestling that. with it you were you yeah. were behaving in ways that you didn't approve of yourself yeah and it was mainly you know it was mainly alcohol mm -hmm. um throw some drugs in there every now and again but it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a good feeling. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, I'm going to become, for me, it was becoming this outrageous person. And I'm a lot of fun at parties after mm -hmm. a number of drinks and even more drinks and maybe even more fun. Mm -hmm. But the, for me, it was those connections weren't real. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that there are other ways to have that connection. And then when you start making those connections with people that you normally wouldn't, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, but these are, that could be my friend. That's my friend. Like yeah. these are all people like that are my friends 
And you have that, when you have that, when you first start having those, these are people that I could, I met years ago, haven't seen in years. It's that you could pick right back up mm-hmm. because you went deep and you revealed something about yourself yeah. and they appreciated you for it. They're your friends for life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. If you can, if you can get to that level of somebody, then you've, you've opened a gate that doesn't need to be used anymore. Like it's just stays open yeah. after that. Yeah. You're not, you're not on guard against strangers right. like, because you've already revealed this, this thing that yeah. is real for you. Yeah. That's, it's pretty powerful to be, um, from, I mean, obviously for men, especially just cause we have so little practice doing it, you know, it's, it's pretty great when you get a, I mean, I, I feel really fortunate cause I have a bunch of really loving, caring male friends, mm-hmm. you know, just very, and they're, they're open and honest and secure with themselves. And I mean, it's kind of like the best, they're, they're all very impressive people, you know, and yeah. it's who I want to be around. They're really great, loving humans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's not what I see when I look around most, most everywhere else. And, uh, that it just seems like that's a choice. We've been making this choice for a really long time to make the world ugly, you know, and we don't need to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't get why we can't like none, none of us seem to really like it. It seems like right now more than ever, people are finally facing like the whole world is looking and saying like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do this anymore with war and all the, you know, just all the bullshit, just lying and, and sexual predators and just bullshit all the time. You know, we, I don't think anybody really likes it. Even the people engaged in it, I think they're sick. You know, I think they're in it. They're in a caught up in something that they don't even want to participate in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a, a global moment of reckoning. I mean, that's (laughs) what I, I mean, that's what it kind of, I don't, I have always, well, not always, but I've been wondering that, um, since hearing people talk about things like you know religious apocalypse or something you know something the end the end of days and all these other the mayan calendar like all these different things the count the the zero uh, oh the y2k like, thing yeah everything yeah. like just all these different things about the world ending i don't think it's it's purely coincidental that they're coming up sort of in quick succession you know right now it's sort of things are heating up and the world feels it and politically you can see this mm-hmm. insane circus and it's it's starting to show i mean our society in this country is bananas mm-hmm. you know it's pretty obvious to everybody so um yeah it's time for a new model but do we can we implement the new i i believe we can start to implement it now and you already have and those of us who go out in the world and try to spread love rather than hate are all doing they're all making you know progress in that direction but i wonder if we have to see some sort of apocalypse in order for people to reset you know and we'll think of the big social changes in this country and mm -hmm. what it took for them to happen i mean it took people dying yeah lots and And, and it took tremendous courage on behalf of millions of people to stand up for injustice and protest and it took i think one thing i talk about with my wife is it took young people who have the time and the energy right to get off their ass and do something. Right. And, you know, when was the last time that happened? And when was the last time that happened? 60s, 70s, 60s and 70s. Yeah. And that's it. And it's been complacency ever since. Seems like and yeah. the and more like it seems like everybody's okay with that. There was there it's was it weird. felt like a good head of steam. I mean, I was I was just 
you know, in high school and then going into college in the nineties, Okay, it felt like something was like, Hey, all this globalization stuff, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And then nine 11 happened and it just, all bets were off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the moment which we dropped the ball on saying globalization might not be the best thing for everybody. Right. We have to figure out a better model so that those of us, you know, that aren't fortunate get some benefit out of this. Right. And then nine 11 happened in this country is solely focused on that. Mm-hmm. And that was the narrative. Yeah. You know, until the financial crisis, that was it. It was terrorism. Yep. And then we got, well, and then it was about shopping again. Mm-hmm. Remember like the little American flags and, and get, the shopping you know, bag. get back to, yeah, get back I to was, consumerism. We I, need you. We need the income. <laughs> I was about, I, I had a couple of professors in college, my junior and senior year. Uh, I don't know how I found them. I just started, it was, they were like, you know, very left, very hardcore. And I really didn't even have an identity politically until mm-hmm. then. You know, I grew up Democrat from the Bay Area. My parents and grandparents were good Democrats. So mm-hmm. there wasn't like a, that's all I knew. But then I went to that and I came back from college and I was like, mom, do you know all the terrible shit the U S did in Latin yeah. America? <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Millions of people die, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like glossed over all the time as a it's thing. happening all day, every day. The U S is killing people as we speak. And, you know? and so like, and not does, just the U S yeah. Know, it's all, all that, the, all the empires. How does that align with what we're saying over here? I mean, it's double speak mm-hmm. on a, on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. And and I got really angry, Good. and I read a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and I read more stuff, and I I read so much nonfiction stuff on the U.S. that I finally had to stop. Yeah, because it became such a sort of consuming thing for me that like I was finding myself so in the weeds on everything uh-huh. that. I couldn't focus on anything else. Like you're probably like, talking work. to everybody about it and they were, yeah, like, oh, they're like, uh, enough, let's just go get drunk. You'll feel better. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. Yeah. You know? And, and I think politically it was like, okay, that was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. The Bush, the Bush era. I don't know if I could ever be that intense again. Right. And I, I'm sort of like now still with the same sort of inner monologue, you know, saying like this whole model is not right. Mm-hmm. We need to get people in power who, shift things a right. little bit and um you know where else do they have it like that you know europe i guess but europe has their own problems <laughs> i think right? scandinavia is probably doing the best right now but they also have their own problems and yeah there's and it's very homogenous and uh right and um, what was it there was something good after uh the election where it was like I'm not moving to Canada. I'm staying here and I'm fucking fighting. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, this is, I'm not just going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I liked hearing it. When I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Cause I was thinking like, uh, I would like to escape this shithole now. And, but I don't, I don't really, there is a lot I like about this country and I'm, and I would be, you know, lying if I said I didn't, I love, I love this sort of wild west, freedom aspect of it in some in some cases you know i just don't like that that often leads to people you know causing destruction in others lives because they think they have the right to or they have the whatever you know if if you're above the law in your own mind i guess you can do whatever you want and justify it 
But in this country, you're sort of allowed to do that, both on with corporate crime and, you know, base level street crime. I mean, there's just like shit that goes on all the time. Yeah. And we look the other way. We're just so used to corruption that we just look the other way. Like, oh, that's cool. And we, it'll be, I don't know. I don't even think, think people think about it. I don't think people think no. much about it at all. They're just, they just accept it. Like this is, yeah, land of the free, home of the brave. Would you be willing to take it into prisons and jails? Would you talk to? Yeah. Because I feel like that's a place where men obviously have, you know, have been affected by yeah. toxicity and probably are looking for a, a way out of it. You know? Yep. And I, I think because I, I when I was in N.A. for many years, I, I thought about that was kind of where I wanted to head with my service was mm-hmm. the the. H and I and the hospitals and institutions commitment. Yep. And I did a few, you know, I went and spoke at a couple of meetings and I was did service at a couple, but I never I never made it to the actual jails. But that was something that always was on my mind. Like here's this whole ton I mean, just a massive chunk of the population locked up because of stuff that you know, most likely started long before they had choices about it. Yep. And they were get, they just got caught up in a, a life that was all that existed for yeah, them. You know, was they, their own, that was, they didn't have yeah. other, they didn't see other options. You know, they may have been there, but they didn't see, they weren't able to see them. Yeah. Given the, the circumstances and the surroundings. So, you know, and that's not to say that some people didn't, you know, wind up there for, for their own. A lot of people do stuff that should land them in, some, right. you know, they should get some sort of punishment, I think. But uh, I don't think jail works personally. Sure. I don't think prison reforms anybody. No. Um, I know it doesn't, cause, and every, we all know it doesn't. I'm just look around. But something like that, you know, instituted at the right stage. You know, if you're having your parole hearings and you're think, you know, you might be released. Yeah. Someday, wouldn't it be cool to have a class or some kind of like seminar before that? For that eventual yeah. release or, or like a series of, you know, it'd be cool to have like a 10 stage, a 10 class series or something where you go through 
and learn these these steps toward getting there you know because i think so, so many men don't have the first clue about where to start they, they're just locked in this persona really that they're terrified to step out of because the real person is still the little kid from who's yeah who's hiding from the <laughs> and the and the voices in their head are not what they like yeah know? usually i would i don't think they like it at all no there there are ways that being a man can be uh, uh, detrimental to those around the, that man you know just the way that men are just being yeah. you know you could just be a somber guy you know not even going out and hurting people but just be like sort of a somber dude and it has an impact on people and uh it's not that women never do that but it just if you look around it looks like women are much more ready to receive and be loving generally speaking yeah and men are more ready to punch you in the face or you know or just hold you at arm's length or something you know yeah masculine and feminine energy yeah but we all have all we all have both we all have both but men, you know, the toxic, the toxically masculine men wouldn't want to admit to that or, or hear, one, hear that about themselves. One thing that was interesting is obviously nature is the feminine because nature is always changing and always moving. Okay. And maybe the, you know, obviously if you go to a nice redwood grove and go for a hike, it's a hike, it's a lot more calming than, you know, a bar or someone's mm -hmm. basement or something like that. Right. So like, I always found that that is a good location for any sort of real talk or a triangle or whatever you Nature. call it. Yeah. 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 Because it's just, just perfect. Yeah. It's already welcoming yeah. that sort of expression. It's relaxing. Right. It's, it's peaceful. Sort of, it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe with these, maybe there should be like meetings in the woods on a regular basis, campfires and... You know, men's groups who go yeah. out and talk about real stuff. Yeah, of... there, 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 there are a couple of the the thing that there are a lot of these sorts of things that are out there. Mm -hmm. I sort of investigated a couple of them, and some of them have, you know, sort of don't do this. It's a cult warning sign right, right. on Yelp or or the internet. Uh -huh. and so you know, I'm also a little bit wary of the sort of men's rights advocates oh, groups. Yeah. Um, so. I want to make sure that, you know, as this sort of thing begins, that it's coming from a place of, of good. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't end up being a, well, it wouldn't because I wouldn't let it, but like, or perceived as a, like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta be a cult to do that thing. Like right. it's not, that's not what it is. No. And there ha there has to be some sort of insurance against that where it's just like, it's literally just, it could, information could fit, like on this. Yeah. Well, could, maybe that's what it, instead a of card. a book, maybe it would just be like a one, just an object or a piece, you know, one thing that you hand and say, here's the whole package right here. Yeah. It explains it. That'd be cool. That's kind of a cool, I mean, maybe that's a way to sell it. Not, and not sell it meaning make money, which you could, but I mean, sell it to the world. Like here's an idea. If you package it in a way that people want to see it, it might be just the way to, you know, I mean, books, books are, a book would be good because you could lay out the, right the man, you know, the sort of protocol, but um, you could do that on an instruction yeah. sheet. Or a... I, um, 
will do it as soon as I have more time. <laughs> <laughs> when is that? Never. Yeah, we got to, you know, the toddlers uh, takes a lot of effort. Yeah. You want to talk about being a new dad for a bit? Sure. Um, what's uh, what have what are some of your discoveries about yourself and about, you know, nothing you can't. You can't, you have very low expectations. That's the best way to do it is like, keep them alive, Uh feed them, make sure they sleep, make sure they have clothes on. That's a start. But everything else on top of that, it's all gravy. Uh So you kind of have to, you can't, oh no, he's not walking by this age or he hasn't, he doesn't dance or he doesn't play soccer. It's like, none of that shit matters. Yeah. Like you just need to give him the opportunity to explore it and be his, be his protector and be his buddy and be, you know, the person who, yeah. And watch it happen. Awesome. I think that's the secret. I think that's a great, that's a great policy. You know, it's actually interesting because there's all these, like, there's a lot of like mommy blogs Mm -hmm. out there. And I do read some articles that my wife sends me and there's all this mom shaming that goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's terrible because nobody knows exactly how to raise a kid. Right. No, because every kid's different and every parent's different. Yeah. You just have to care for them and it's not always going to be easy. And I just remember going and seeing friends who had toddlers and they would, they'd scream and my wife and I would look at each other and they're like, we're like, Oh, they're bad parents. You mm-hmm. know, you never realize that till you're a parent and you're like, no, 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 no. They're not bad parents. Yeah. That kid is just, they having just a have tantrum. a kid. Yeah. And that's okay. And so now it's amazing how little tantrums and crying bothers me. Uh-huh. I just give them the like, I feel your pain. I'm not judging you. Best of luck. Right. I'm going to go down this aisle to get the milk, you know? Like, that's good. Uh, so there's that level of support, which I think we need to do because, you know, again, society's like, you must have perfect everything. Right. Like this and this and there. All their lessons and you're, they're behind if they're not doing this. Right. No, they're not. We survived for millennia just by making sure we had the right food. Right. And, and well, and I like to point out that there wasn't a single book about child rearing before Dr. Spock's book in the seventies, yeah. you know, and how do we do it until then? And magic. And, and how many books are there since then? <laughs> yeah. Thousands. Yeah. You know? How to rate, like, how do you, it's just, it's just the advent of language. That's the only thing that's changed. You know, that's why we have so much written about it now before it was just people talking about like, yeah. here's how you raise a kid. You uh. just, you just give them food when they're hungry. Give them food when they're hungry. Yeah. Make sure that if they're sick, you try to make yeah. it better. Like literally don't let don't... the saber tooth tiger get them. Yeah. How's, how are, it's like, how's the kid going? Well, he's still alive. He's here. He's breathing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Other well, than good. that, I mean, I can tell you more, but that's, well, I'm I think pr- you're, that. <laughs> I think your philosophy of letting them be the guide is really the secret because that's what every single living thing you know they they want to be able to explore with safety you know with security and uh i think i mean every every human at least has that that curiosity yeah. and the need to maybe other animals aren't don't feel it in that way but um yeah if you tell a kid how to be that's very confusing no no kid understands that because no. that's not what they feel they feel what they're feeling you're telling them what they're supposed to feel that's going to mess them up yeah um, there was a good, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, um, documentary. 
Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. That was but good. I'm, I'm, good. I've heard only good things about it. I love well, that guy. It's well done. Yeah, I uh, I grew up watching yep. Fred Rogers, and I even though I was creeped out by a lot of the puppets and some of his voices, and you know some of the I there's a lot of it. There's like a spooky element to it for me as a kid. But I but and even maybe even to him just because he was just sort of it was just weird you know but, yeah. he, but he was so sweet he was just so genuinely sweet and then to learn later about like what a how important a role he played in the uh like the pbs like getting funding for uh yeah. for all the arts and stuff like he was a huge huge part of that back yeah. at the time and then all he's like written a sort of a spiritual book and yeah. he's so he's a good dude it was yeah no, I got to. I got to watch that. Need more folks like him. Yeah, I, and more places for them to exist, because I think there are people like that. But where do they? How do they get a voice? How do they? You know, you don't see them too much on social media. We need. We need a platform for the people who want to speak up, who aren't. It's not in their nature to speak up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we need. We need the people who are whispering in the corner to have a mic, for a minute and share some ideas it happens sometimes you know yeah you get the <clears throat> the flashes of of people and all it's like this awesome social you know it's like the good part of the internet like yeah. hey this person was this and now you know they have this Isn't yeah great well yeah it's very i mean i always love the things that sort of you see people coming to the rescue for a, a stranger or somebody that's you know when you see real human uh caring snap into action without any of the context you know without within, without needing to know the context it's pretty beautiful it's yeah. pretty cool when you're like oh wow they were there it happened they got right to it like i got to save that person you yeah know? that's cool i love stuff like that and i'd like to think that we all have that in us on some level you know if we're but I, i'm sure a lot of us have buried it yeah you know that tendency along with Lots of other stuff. Well, we'll dig it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll do it. All right, man. Cool. Well, well thanks for coming and talking about this. I think it's a really cool. Yeah, anytime. I think it's a good movement, and I, I want to be a part of it. Sure. And uh, So, we'll yeah. Get, we'll get it going. Yeah, we'll find a third dude, and we'll talk. Okay. Although we're, all, we're easy. We're already ready to do it. Yeah. Let's, we'll find, get, let's find some. We'll get a dude. We'll get a knucklehead. Okay. Who just doesn't want to open up about anything? Okay. I'll force him to do it yeah. with love. Force him with love. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. It was great talking great to you. Great, too. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. I truly appreciate it. Uh, that was Josh Buckstein and myself talking about men and all the horrible shit they do in the world. Um, but there are good men out there, too. And uh, we're trying. We're doing our best. Dang it. And uh, we still need help, obviously. So help us. Help us if you can. Um, I just want to say a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, I've been insanely busy and, um, well, what, for what that's worth, I work minimal hours, but I somehow I'm always 
every day's full. All day, every day's full. And I never have enough time for anything. And, uh, you know, it's a one-man show over here, and I'm um, trying to track down my, my peoples to interview, and I'm trying to make me some music. And, uh, you know, got to upload some stuff and got to write some stuff and got to take pictures and got to record some field recordings and uh, got to... And I gotta, and then I gotta, anyway, um, there's a lot to do and I'm doing it, but, uh, you know, sometimes I'm late and, um, so I'm apologize. So it's Friday still where I live and I'm going to get this sucker up in a minute, just under the wire. But, uh, anyways, z- 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 uh, what else? Um, so I found out that the email that I had up for, on the website and, uh, I talked about for many of the first episodes. Turns out that never worked at all. Was never relaying any messages. So I didn't get a single one. And um, I found that out from Josh because he was trying to email me and couldn't. And uh, thankfully we got back in touch. But anyway, don't use that bogus email if you hear about it. Or maybe I'll fix it and then I'll tell you about it again. But um, you can get to me through Instagram. You could uh, direct message me there with that little paper airplane looking thingy um or just leave comments on photos and things that i post i can be found at at outspoken underscore podcast and you can follow me there if that's something you like doing uh you can subscribe to this podcast on whatever format you use that would make me happy Uh, please share it with anyone you think might like it or share it with people who might not, they might not like it, or you might not even like it, but you could still share it. But even if it stops right here in your very ears, um, I'm glad it made it that far at least. Um, and I hope to come back next week because I'll be here talking to somebody. All right, love you. Bye.